Since the beginning, Mercedes-Benz has been a champion of women. After all, a young girl named Mercedes inspired the company's name, and it's been dedicated to the next generation ever since. From June to August, we shared bonus episodes that highlighted some of Mercedes-Benz's employees and ambassadors, who've been encouraged to pursue their dreams and have broken barriers while doing so. We also shared the I Am Mercedes campaign, which focused on young women across the country named Mercedes, who are making a difference in science, technology, social change, and in the creative arts. Thank you to the people at Mercedes-Benz for their sponsorship and for support of Womanica and women everywhere. To listen back to any of these bonus episodes, head to the show notes. Hi, everyone. From Wonder Media Network, I'm Anna Malika Tubbs, the author of The Three Mothers, How the Mothers of MLK Jr., Malcolm X, and James Baldwin Shaped a Nation. My work focuses on motherhood through the lens of feminism, intersectionality, and inclusivity. And I'll be your guest host for this month, of Womanica. This month, we're talking about mothers, women who ushered forth new generations and new futures through their care, work, and imagination. Today, we're talking about one of the incredible women that inspired my book. She battled oppression and challenged white supremacy while raising eight children to be influential thought leaders. Let's talk about the mother of Malcolm X, Louise Little. Helen Louise Langdon was born on the Caribbean island of Grenada in either 1894 or 1897. Her birth year, among other early details about her life, is difficult to confirm. In her early life, Louise was influenced by her mother, her aunt, and her grandmother, Mary Jane. The matriarch, Mary Jane, and her husband, Jupiter, were considered liberated Africans. This meant they had once been enslaved, but were able to gain their freedom. Mary Jane and Jupiter were proud of their African roots and made sure to pass that pride down to their descendants. They also passed along their commitment to self-reliance and challenging the status quo. They were employed landowners who believed that the more you could do on your own, the better. In the summer of 1917, Louise emigrated to Montreal, Canada, where her uncle lived. Shortly after arriving, Louise's uncle introduced her to Garveyism, the Black nationalist movement led by the political activist Marcus Garvey. Louise took to Garveyism immediately. She aligned with Garvey's message of self-determination and his goal of uplifting and unifying Black people across the world. He believed Black people should be self-reliant by building their own infrastructures and institutions. Drawn to this belief, Louise joined the UNIA, or the Universal Negro Improvement Association, which Garvey founded with his wife in 1914. Through the UNIA, Louise met Earl Little, a Southern Baptist minister. Somewhere in between spreading the message of Black liberation and sharing plans to create a better life for themselves, Louise and Earl fell in love. The two married on May 10, 1919, in Montreal. By most accounts, their marriage was turbulent, and Earl could be violent. But their shared passions kept their union intact. In 1920, Louise and Earl moved to Philadelphia and welcomed their first son, Wilfred, into the world. The next year, the trio moved to Omaha, Nebraska, where they expanded their family and opened a local UNIA chapter. 
While Earl recruited for the organization, Louise was the chapter secretary and a writer for Marcus Garvey's paper, The Negro World. Louise also provided for the family by selling her clothing designs. This young family defied the stereotypes and expectations for most Black American families at the time. Louise and Earl bought land and provided for themselves through farming and hunting. Their unconventional lifestyle enraged their white neighbors. Even other Black folks sometimes kept their distance from the radical littles. In 1925, when Louise was pregnant with their fourth child, Malcolm, the KKK targeted the little family. One night, when Louise was home alone with her children, Klansmen on horseback approached the house. They yelled and threw things at the house, demanding to speak with Earl. Instead of cowering in fear and waiting for the men to retreat, Louise calmly went outside onto the porch and told the men her husband wasn't there. She met their insults and threats with courage and strength. In the face of hate and danger, Louise stood tall. Shortly thereafter, on May 19, 1925, Malcolm X was born. Louise took a very hands-on approach with raising her children. They were required to recite the alphabet in French, read multiple newspapers, including the Negro world, and had to look up every new word they encountered in the family dictionary. Louise monitored their education like a hawk. She frequently had to correct the racist, inaccurate lessons her children were taught in school with her own teachings. Because of their mother's diligence, the little children never believed they were inferior to anybody else. Louise cultivated a pan-Africanist worldview that solidified their pride as members of the African diaspora. These teachings became foundational for Malcolm's later work with the Nation of Islam and the Black Power Movement. Over the next few years, Louise and Earl moved throughout the Midwest, from Nebraska to Wisconsin to Michigan, and welcomed three more children. Then, in 1931, tragedy struck the little family. Earl was run over by a streetcar. Community members believed he was the victim of a racist attack, even though his death was ruled an accident. In the aftermath of losing her husband, Louise was forced to seek welfare benefits. Unfortunately, this opened up her home to the scrutiny of white welfare workers who were suspicious of the lessons Louise taught her children. A white male doctor was sent to evaluate her mental state, and he concluded that she was experiencing dementia stating that she was, quote, imagining being discriminated against. A judge placed her children in different foster homes and Louise in the Kalamazoo Mental Hospital. Her hospitalization was believed to be a form of incarceration. Between 1939 and 1963, Louise was separated from her kids for her radical act of living as a proud, independent, land-owning immigrant Black woman. After 25 years, Louise was released thanks to the tireless advocacy of her children. They fought for decades to secure their mother's freedom. During his rise to prominence, Malcolm distanced himself from the situation. But some of Malcolm's letters that I unearthed while writing my book suggest a deep gratitude for his mother. In a 1949 letter to his brother, Malcolm wrote, My accomplishments are ours, and yours are mine but all of our achievements are moms. 
for she was a most faithful servant of the truth years ago. I praise Allah for her. Louise enjoyed almost 30 years of freedom after her release. She spent her final years with her daughter in Woodland Park, Michigan. On December 18, 1989, Louise Little passed away. She's a reminder that for years, Black women have always been the sustaining force behind Black movements and protests. All month, we're talking about mothers. For more information, find us on Facebook and Instagram at Womanica Podcast. Special thanks to co-creators Jenny and Liz Kaplan for having me as a guest host. As always, we're taking a break for the weekend. Talk to you on Monday.